Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. They banned my Mac Miller song yesterday, but I'm back with another one. Let's go! It's what you all been waiting for, ain't it? Talking y'all, wasting y'all hatred. Shit. I'm just happy that I made it. I'm just happy that I made it. Yeah, it's what you all been waiting for, ain't it? Talking y'all, wasting y'all hatred. Shit. I'm just happy that I made it. I'm just happy that I made it. Coming live from the burn of the first time. Know what it is for you, even hear the words rhyme. Chosen one, the code is so focused, host of dopeness. And you know I'm from the PA, PGH, where all the weed blades, where they work three jobs, no free days. Yo, Tree J, look what we made and where we came from. So let them say something and let them hate us. Nothing change up forever came up, we made it. Let a motherfucker go say shit. One for the ages, this one for the ages. It's outrageous, spectacular. How I use a vernacular to rap the words, slap the backwards. Shit has to hurt. Hit a home run, then come back to first. Yeah, backstage, no password. When a light skinned bitch get her ass twerk. Yeah, this the work of a master person, but it sound like Catholic Church. Goddamn, who the man with the hot hand? They go nuts when I drop jams. Ah, shake it up like a pop can. But I'm doing numbers. Like a motherfucking rock band, yeah. Won't stop till I'm the motherfucking greatest. Get a motherfucking greatest. Get a motherfucking greatest. Get a motherfucking greatest. And I won't be not everybody's favorite, not everybody's favorite. But I won't stop till I'm the motherfucking greatest. Get a motherfucking greatest. This what you all been waiting for, ain't it? Talking y'all, wasting y'all hatred. Me? I'm just happy that I made it. Happy that I finally made it. Yeah, it's what you all been waiting for, ain't it? Talking y'all, wasting y'all hatred. Me? I'm just happy that I made it. I'm just happy that I made it. Take it back to the basics. Welcome to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. (laughs) That was Mac Miller. Happy. I had to let that one um, play out, man. I had to let that ride out for a little bit. Because like, like I told y'all on the last episode, I got banned. Well, not really banned. I tried to put it on the Insta story. It got flagged. Uh, Warner Music Group said no. They were like, y'all, you're not doing that. So once it got flagged on Instagram, which was just me recording a video of my podcast playing, and then they, they, they banned the video from that. So I was like, there's no way... I'm trying to go put this on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and all the other stuff because if I'm getting banned on Insta Story, there's there's no way it was gonna get it was gonna make it on the other stuff. So I I, I took the L, man. I redid the open, gave y'all that cold open. I didn't really like it, but maybe you guys enjoyed it. Let me know. Holla at me, J Law Radio on Twitter. With that being said. I'm back for a third episode three days in a row, and I might be back again tomorrow for a fourth one. I did not wake up at the scheduled 4 a.m. time I I wanted to today. I I keep going to bed late, and I don't know why I can't fall asleep at like 8 or 9 like I need to be right now. But I'm going to bed at like midnight, 1 o'clock, and then I'm waking up. I'm trying to wake up at like 3, 4 o'clock, but today I had to push it back. I actually woke up on my own at 6.30 and got, well, I didn't really get the day started. I was chilling in the room. I wanted to do a podcast, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to have coffee today because I think maybe the coffee is what's keeping me up so long. So 
I was like, I'm not going to have coffee. I'm going to just go no caffeine today, and hopefully I'll fall asleep early um, at 7 or 8 o'clock. And then Mike, my boy Mike, is supposed to be coming by here today too. So I don't know, man. I don't know how what that's going to do for my sleep schedule. But I did watch the Dave Chappelle special last night, like I told y'all. Hopefully everybody's seen it by now because I, I do want to talk about it a little bit. So hopefully y'all saw it. It was called 846. It's about 27 minutes long. It's on the Netflix is a joke YouTube channel, which is their comedy channel. If you go into it thinking you're watching a comedy special, you're probably going to be disappointed because he's just spitting. He's spitting facts. He's giving you real talk. He's speaking from the heart. It's not. There's a few jokes in there, but it's not like classic Chappelle jokes. They're they're kind of kind of jokes to me that felt like it was trying to break the ice jokes to loosen the crowd up a little bit. Cause it was very serious what he was talking about. And you could tell some of the people in the audience probably were a little uncomfortable at some of the stuff Dave Chappelle was saying just by the reactions or non reactions. But I thought overall it was, it was pretty good. A lot of people are like praising it and saying it's amazing. Um, I don't know if I would call it amazing. I thought it was it was good. It was a lot of the stuff we've all been saying. So it just felt good to hear it from Dave Chappelle. He feels the same way most of us feel about the George Floyd situation. And he he told like stories throughout. Uh, he talked about other things. He he attacked some people. He he went on the attack with Candace Owens. Uh, he talked about her private parts and how they smell. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> he said he, it, to his credit, he said he didn't know either. He said he hasn't been with her, so he doesn't know. He had a great Azalea Banks joke in there, which maybe, I don't even know if the crowd really got it, but Azalea Banks came out a few weeks ago and said she slept with Dave Chappelle back in the day. And then he he threw that in there too. I, I forgot the actual joke and how it went. But he said he mentioned her name, but he didn't really, he didn't touch on it. He just mentioned it. Paused for a little bit. There was some laughter, and he kept it going. Uh, he attacked Don Lemon because I guess I didn't even watch it. I don't know if Don Lemon said his name or not. I know Don Lemon did call out mad celebrities about speaking up, and Chappelle said he wanted Lemon to call him out, but I'm not sure if Lemon, Don Lemon did call him out or not. And then Don Lemon has since responded and said he's welcome. Uh, Dave Chappelle is welcome to come on his show and talk to him. And they can uh, try to, you know, figure it out, sort things out, get on the same page. He also had a long piece where he talked about Chris Dorner uh, during this during this special. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Chris Dorner. He is the former military guy, and he worked for LAPD. And then he was fired because he, he had a complaint against one of his coworkers who he thought was using excessive force. And he went through all like the legal trouble trying to get back with the LAPD, couldn't get back his job back. So he wrote a manifesto talking about he was going to kill like people that were associated with LAPD and their family members. And he killed some people. Uh, they chased him. He was hiding in like the mountains somewhere and they finally found him 400 cops. It took that <laughs> showed up to get him and they killed him. Like that's, and that, I, that's a very um, interesting story just because of the fact that he killed their the cops, and then when they came to uh, arrest him, they did, I don't even think they were trying to take him alive. I think it was like we're gonna kill him. I, I think I, 
I wholeheartedly believe that they had the intentions of killing that man. And a lot of people speculated that they did kill him because they were worried about what he, what else he would say if he was arrested. Cause he knew, you know, the in, inner workings of the LAPD. He knew he was a former military guy. So he probably had a lot of dirt, man. He probably had a lot of dirt on these people and they probably were scared to hear what he had to say. But Chappelle made a great point about why did it take 400 cops to show up, you know, for this guy. And he, he made the point that 400 cops showed up because he had caused harm to one of their brothers, which was the, the fellow police officers and family of the police officers that he killed. And he, he tied that into the George Floyd situation where, where we're all protesting. And he's like, and now you guys see why we're all out here protesting because they killed one of our brothers. So we're, we're out here and, that's why you see so many people just like that's why you saw so many cops there to uh, take out Chris Dorner at the end. And I thought that was a great analogy. Um, he talked about Staten Island and how it's a terrible place <laughs> and how his wife is from there. And he's he has friends there, but he doesn't like Staten Island. He had a disdain, disdain for Staten Island, which I agree. I've been to Staten Island, man. I worked there for like a month back in 2013. It was like December. And I was working there uh, during the winter time, and I saw some stuff, man. I, I definitely saw the racial tension or disparity and how black people are treated out there. It's a very white uh, borough. It's not a city. For those who think it's a city, it's a it's part of New York City, which consists of five boroughs: Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and the Bronx. So it's one of the boroughs, and it's. It's very different from the rest of New York City because the rest of New York City is all kind of connected and it's a little closer. Staten Island, you got to take like this long bridge to get out there. You can't really take you can't take a train out there because it's too light. It's too much of a, a gap in the water. So you either take the bridge or there's a free ferry, which was free. I don't even know if it still is free, but there's a ferry you could take from like Manhattan, uh, downtown Manhattan over there. So it's kind of t- by itself. And then after Staten Island, you know, that highway that runs through there goes into New Jersey. So it's really like this island by itself. And I remember when I was working there, and I would always say, man, this it feels like you're in jail. Not to say it is. Like, I don't want to make light of that situation, but you're just so secluded there. And it's $15 to go over the bridge, you know, to get there or to go back into the city. Like, you can leave for free but to come no it's 15 to go and it's free to get in to go the other way into staten island that's what it is but either way you're gonna pay 15 dollars on your way out so that's why i say it feels like because it's like man who wants to pay 15 dollars just to leave a place every time so i when i was there working i didn't really leave staten island on the weekends i had to kind of just stay where i was at i think i went to new jersey like once to hang out with my friend christina but other than that, I stayed on the island. I was in the holiday. It was a holiday in kind of like out near this industrial area. There wasn't much around where I was at. There was this very uh, healthy restaurant that I used to go to all the time. They had like fresh food and stuff. And that was probably the highlight of me being out there. But uh, everything else, yeah, it just it was a little off over there, man. I remember, I remember driving one day because I was mapping and I was in a neighborhood. It was like a really nice neighborhood. And this is why I tell people because they're always like, when you're mapping, they think, 
oh, I bet you've seen some bad neighborhoods. They think all the bad stuff happens in the bad neighborhoods. And I'm like, man, nah, it's the bad neighborhoods that the bad stuff happens, but it's also the really, really rich neighborhoods because neither of them want you in their neighborhood. So I was driving in this rich neighborhood and the guy's outside and he's just like yelling at me like, what are you doing here? Get out of here. And he seemed like one of the people that if he got mad enough, the N word might come out. But I'm just like kind of like whatever. I'm like ignoring him. And he's outside watering his grass, I believe. He had the, he had the sprink the hose for something. Even though it was freezing out there. I don't know why he had those. So he takes the hose and he starts like spraying my car with it. And I have like electrical equipment on top of there because I had cameras and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. This guy is being a jerk right now. So me being the petty person that I am, I drove down the street a little bit past his house where he couldn't reach me with his hose anymore. And I pulled over and I got out and I uh, just started wiping my cameras off, just letting him know I'm not going to just drive away. I'm still here. So I, I was like taking my time doing that. He's like still yelling at me from down the street. And man, that was just not a great feeling. And speaking of that, man, there's when I, I guess I should talk about another issue incident I had in New York, another racist. This was definitely a racist incident this time, but. Yeah, people think that we don't go through this type of stuff. And it's just, it's not that we don't go through it. It's that we don't really talk about this stuff. We kind of keep it to ourselves. But I, I, I will talk about it on here just so people are aware of the type of situations we have. I remember, I'll talk about two. I'll talk about two situations. So I was in Hawaii too one time. And I was driving in another neighborhood mapping where the guy didn't like me in the neighborhood. He didn't want me there. And he comes out the house and he starts yelling. No, he comes out and I roll the window and I'm like, is there a problem? Because I seriously was like, what's going on? And he starts yelling at me and cursing at me. And I'm like, well, this is a public street. You know, I'm allowed to drive it. And he just gets so mad and he calls me the N-word. And I'm just sitting like, I don't know what I could do at that point because I'm at work. One, I'm at work. So it's like we already have in our policy. If you do anything violent to somebody, you get fired automatically like. You can't have a weapon on you. You can't do nothing. So I kind of just had to let him get that off. But I, I said some stuff back. I trolled him a little bit. But it's like I can't hit him because if I do that, one or two things will happen. I'm probably going to get fired. And or I believe when people say stuff like that to you, they probably know that they're going to have to protect themselves. So he probably said it and had something on him like a gun, a knife. Like he probably was waiting for me to react and try to come at me. So I kind of just had to take the L, which I hate to say, but man, that's, this is the world we live in where you can't just try to fight everybody and you don't know what people are capable of. People will try to shoot you over stupid stuff. So that was one incident. And then there was another one, like when I was in New York a couple of years ago, I had to fly up to New York for a funeral. And this is a week after New Year's. This is 2018. It's a week after New Year's. So I fly up to New York. This is like last minute and everything. And I'm staying. I found this really nice hotel in uh, Manhattan in Chinatown. It was a Best Western, but it was really nice. It was, they had a deal going where like all their hotels were 10,000 points a night. And normally that would be like a 40,000 uh, point a night hotel. So I go there for the 10,000. They had like the bathroom was freaking Heated floors, which if you've never been on heated floors in the wintertime, you don't know what you're missing. It is amazing. But back to the story, I end up flying to New York and I flew. 
I like to fly to um, Newark because I don't I don't like I know it's hard to get around in New York City at their airports are not the best to get to, like especially LaGuardia. I've flown to JFK before. It's a little bit more easier to maneuver in there. And they have like a train that will take you out to the subway. But LaGuardia doesn't really have any of that. And I, I think they're trying to fix it or build something, but they don't have it right now. So I always avoid flying into the, like actual New York City. So I always prefer to fly to Newark. And then I catch the air train, which is like the little monorail thing. And that takes you to the New Jersey transit train. And then you take that all the way into Penn Station in New York City, which is uh, 34th Street, Madison Square Garden, all that. So I take the train. And I get to Penn Station, and I, I'm, I don't know if any if you guys have ever been to New York, it's very confusing when you get out of that Penn Station um, train station trying to find the right subway because the way they have it set up, all the subways pretty much stop at Penn Station, but they're not all at the same place. Like some of the subways are at the actual Penn Station. Some are like another block away. Some are like two blocks away but they're all kind of connected somehow. And there's like, I think there's a, some of them, they have a tunnel you could walk to. I believe the one I was gonna trying to catch, I don't remember the exact number or that letter of the train I was trying to catch, but the one I was trying to catch, you had to get up, we had to walk out the station and then walk somewhere and look for it. So it's like nine, 10 o'clock at night and I'm walking and I am confused. I don't know where I'm going. I think I asked like somebody and they told me the wrong way. And then as I'm leaving Penn Station, there's a, they're letting out from the Rangers hockey game because there was a hockey game that night. And I already know what the situation is. I'm like, man, it's a bunch of drunk white people coming from a hockey game. It's, I'm already preparing myself. Like, it's going to get awkward. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. It's going to get awkward. So I'm, I, I got my headphones on and I'm walking, but I don't, I don't have the music on. I just have the headphones on because I got to hear what's going on out here. I got to be aware. So I'm walking down the street and I got my head down a little bit, but I'm walking. And then all of a sudden I hear out of nowhere, fucking nigger. And I'm like, what? Like in my mind, what did I really just hear that? And I really heard that. So my first reaction was like, all right, again, this is somebody probably trying to cause some problems. I'm going to keep my head down for a little bit longer before I put it up and look around. Cause if I look up right now, I'm going to react and let's, let's just look at the situation for what it is. Like I'm in New York city. I'm a black man walking down the street. These are drunk, possibly drunk white people. If I just start attacking somebody on the street, who do you think they're coming after to arrest? Who's in the Who you think they're going to think is in the wrong there without them knowing what was said to me. So I'm taking all this into account. Like, Again, I got to take the L. I can't react because if I react, I could either get shot, I could get arrested. And that's another thing. It's like, I'm not trying to get arrested. I just got to New York City. I don't want to get arrested. So I keep the head down for like maybe 30, 40 seconds longer. So then finally, I look up and I look around me and I'm like trying to figure out if this is if the person's still there. Because I need to, I'm like, all right, let me at least get a look at who said this. And I kid you not, the only person I saw at that moment was an Indian guy walking right like next to me. And in my head, I'm like, did he, is he the one who said it? Like, there can't be any way. There's no way he said it. Like, uh, he wasn't even like very threatening looking. He didn't look like tough or anything. 
Like, ain't no way this dude had the balls to say this shit, man. And I'm just baffled at this point. Like, should I say something? And I'm like, you know what? Nah, I ain't going to say nothing. I'm just keep going, man. And then the crazy part about the freaking story is that the, the direction I was walking wasn't even the right direction. So I ended up having to turn around and walk like five more blocks to get to the actual subway. So it sucks that I was walking the wrong way and that happened because if I went the right way, it probably wouldn't have. But I'm sure there was some type of lesson to be learned from it. But, yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know, like, certain things that happen to us uh, from time to time because people think racism still doesn't exist. And uh, those are two situations where I was just called the N-word. And the one in Hawaii, the guy wasn't even white. That's another crazy part. He was, like, one of those Polynesian, uh, Samoan-looking dudes. Like, he was tan like me. I'm like, how is he calling me? He don't realize he black, too? Like, he don't realize his ass would get her, uh, beat down by the police, too? So that one was baffling to me, too. And then in New York, possibly they, the Indian dude saying it, but I can't confirm because I didn't look up immediately. I don't know, though. I think it's I'm kind of glad I didn't look up because I probably would have got more mad if I saw who actually said it. And I probably would have reacted. So, man, I guess the lesson to be learned from this is if somebody says something to you, I know we all want to react. I know we want to react violently. I know we want to fight and do all that but at the end of the day it's just a word i know it hurts it's a hurtful word but i would just tell y'all try not to react because i feel like if somebody has the balls to say that they want you to react they want you to react they probably have some type of weapon on them to defend themselves could be a george zimmerman situation where yeah you do beat their ass but then they end up shooting you so it's not really worth you losing your life it's not worth you going to jail and that's another thing I don't think people realize about jail. Like, when you kill somebody or you commit some type of act, like you beat somebody up or something, think about all of the legal BS you got to go through. Think about all the lawyer work, the money you got to pay for the lawyers, all the court uh, time you got to spend in court, the fees. Just think about all of that stuff that's going to cost you for that one act and ask yourself, is it worth it? And that's kind of what why I don't react to a lot of stuff. That's kind of why I just try to try to stay calm or try to ignore it, try to walk away from it. Cause at the end of the day, man, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it doing the jail time. It's not worth it going to court all the time, having to pay lawyers. Lawyers are not cheap. Lawyers are not cheap. Now you can get the public defender, but you get him, you probably doing some jail time. So if you don't want to do jail time, you probably got to pay a good lawyer and all of that stuff, man, it adds up and on your mental. We're at a time in this in this world where it's really important to protect your mental, your mental health, worry about yourself, worrying about how you feel. Don't don't try to do things for others at this point, because a lot of people are struggling inside, man. A lot of people are going through it. Um, I want to say rest in peace to Jazz Fly, who was a popular personality on Twitter and she was a writer for This Is Us. And she passed away a few days ago and it was revealed that it was uh, by suicide and when you look at her, her pages and stuff, you could see that she was dealing with a little bit, but it wasn't, it was stuff that we all kind of talk about, like just anxiety and things we talk about on the regular. But I don't think people realize how quickly or all it takes is maybe one, one dark moment for that to really get the best of you. And that's why it's really important for us to take care of our mental health. Um, social media, I think, brings a lot of people down too, man. 
being on social media, I've seen it just myself in the last few weeks, going back and forth with people on Facebook. Uh, I told y'all a few weeks ago how I had two friends just yelling at me like in the same day, and I had to kind of just walk away from that situation. I walk away from a lot of stuff now that I think about it. But I do it because I know it's it's better for me. I know it in the end, my well-being will be protected. I'll be better off. So that's why I do it. And I encourage everybody else to do it because suicide is real, man. Depression is real. Uh, mental mental illness. Um, I don't even know if I would say it's... I think every time somebody commits suicide, they blame it on mental illness. And I really don't... I don't think it's always mental illness. I really don't. I've, I've been thinking about that, like just trying to d- think deeper about that whole issue. And like I said, I think sometimes all it takes is you having a bad day and a really, really dark moment comes over you. I don't think it's always something that's building up and leading up. Maybe it is sometimes, but I think sometimes it's not like a mental illness thing. Sometimes it's just pressure, anxiety, all that stuff gets to you. Now, is that a form of mental illness? I don't know. I don't really know too much about the definitions of everything. But I would say I don't believe that stuff is always due to mental illness. And I think you kind of put everybody in one box when you attribute it to mental illness. I would have more of an open mind. Um, And sometimes people don't feel like they can talk to you about that stuff either. And that's another reason why we probably have like these, these high suicide rates because people don't feel like they have somebody that they can talk to. Like we all have friends. We all have family members. We all have people who tell us to come to them when we have problems. But when you think about it, like who, who do you guys really have that you can just call or that you're, that you will call? You probably have people that you can call, but who, who will you call? Like, do you guys reach out to people? And tell them you're you're struggling with things. I think a lot of people keep that in. And that's probably one of the biggest problems. I'm going to say that's a problem in every community. I'm not going to attribute that to one race either. That's everywhere. Tied in the military too. A lot of the soldiers when they come from overseas, not all of them, but a lot of them end up committing suicide from, you know, PTSD. They've seen so much bad stuff over there and they can't get it out their heads. That's one of the reasons why I said I would never join the military. Just because I don't want to see that type of stuff that is going to mess my my mind up. And I also don't want to have to be in a situation where I have to kill somebody because I feel like that would mess me up too. Because sometimes you over there, you you probably got to you kill somebody that's an innocent person. And it's tough, man. It's tough to live with that when you kill somebody. And that's, that's part of the reason why I say I'll never be a gun owner because I don't think I could ever kill somebody and be able to just wake up the next day and go back to my life being normal. I think it would really mess with me. It would mess with my brain, my mind. I don't know if that's something I could recover from. So I, I don't think I'll ever be a gun owner. Um, I'm not anti-gun. I think you do need guns for certain things, but I'm not, I don't think I could ever do it. And I have friends that keep trying to get me to go to the gun range with them and see how it is. But I tell them I have no desire to ever fire a gun. I don't. Um, if there's a situation where I have to, I will. But I'm not going out of my way. And part of the reason is what I mentioned before, too, about once you kill somebody, you got to deal with all the legal stuff that comes along with it. And is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And I think we have a gun. You're more prone to escalate a situation rather than de-escalate. Like if I had a gun on me and that dude calls me the N word, I'm probably pulling the strap out and letting him know why, what we're doing right now. You know, I'm threatening him. But without the gun, you could walk away. You know, when somebody's trying to fight you. You have a gun. You saw it at the mall the other day in Orlando, the Millennium Mall. 
these kids were trying to jump another kid. He runs. He grabs a gun from one of his friend's backpacks, goes back and, like, chases everybody with the gun and into a store, and it was just madness. And it's like, without the gun, I mean, nobody got shot in that one, thank God, but without the gun, I don't know. He probably would have got beaten up, though. That's that's a tricky one because he, he did it. They said he did it pr- to protect himself, and he wasn't even arrested, which is the crazy part. The cops said he wasn't arrested and that the story added up with what he told them. So he did it to protect himself, and I guess in that point, the gun worked, but that's a scary situation to be put in, man, where you might have to fire it. But he used it to scare them, which he did. But somebody else got beat up in that situation. I forgot who, but somebody else did catch it. With all that being said, oh, let me let me wrap this up to this uh, topic. Yeah, I just wanted to say rest in peace again to Jazz Fly. Uh, very sad story. She was up and coming. I knew of her. I remember she was on the Brilliant Idiots a while back. And I'd always heard her name. And just want to say prayers to her family because I know this is a tough weekend for them. So many people are losing people right now, man. You got corona taking people, and then you got violence taking people, and then you got um, suicide and things like that. So just prayers out to everybody who is going through that. And I kind of went on a little rant there once I started talking about Staten Island. But I was talking about uh, the Dave Chappelle yeah, let me finish that part up, too. So he was talking about, he also had, yeah, this is probably going to be the, the most controversial part of the special. He talked about uh, the black men who went, who were from the military who ended up killing police, which one of them was Chris Dorner, who did it in L.A. He talked about another black man who killed the police in Dallas. That was where the nine police were ambushed. And then there was another situation where, like, four were killed, so... All of those ended up being men from the military. He attributed that to PTSD, and he also attributed that to them being tired of seeing black people being killed and them getting revenge and fighting for their brothers. And I got the point he was trying to make. I don't really agree with it. I think he might catch some backlash for that part. I see what he's saying, but I don't think you can ever really give a reason saying they killed the police because it is maybe they had a reason, but I wouldn't be comfortable saying, saying that I would probably err on the side of caution when it comes to police killings, because that's a, that's a touchy subject. Um, I, I admit I do have some compassion for police, especially when you're like the police who are ambushed. Cause it kind of shows you why they're scared sometimes of, when they're walking up to cars, because they sometimes, you know, they've had people shoot them. Now, I don't have the compassion for the police who just out murdering people for no reason that are not a threat. But the ones who have to defend themselves, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not ever mad at that part. I'm not mad at that. So I didn't agree with him on the ambush thing and saying that they did it because they were, mad and they wanted revenge and stuff i i don't think that's the right way to go about things so i'm more of a peace guy i you know i just want everybody to get along uh i don't really want to even there's oh yeah i'm gonna leave that one alone because i'm interested to see though i am interested to see this week if anybody brings up that part of the special i haven't really read any articles on the special yet i want to listen to some of my podcasts this week and see what they talk about, like brilliant idiots. I know they'll talk about it. 
I know Bomani will talk about it. So I want to I want to watch and see what people say before I say anything else. But I'll just say I didn't agree with that part. He also attacked Candace Owens, which was you know that was probably fair because Candace Candace kept she went on like a whole rant last week talking about George Floyd's past and all this, and Dave Chappelle made it a point to say like I said I don't care what he did in his past. I don't care if he did something yesterday or whatever. There was no reason for them to kill him when they did in the way, the way they did. And that's pretty much what we're all saying. It's like it's not about his past. There was no reason to do with it. Like there was no reason to kill him at that moment. And then now you hear rumors that the money might not have been fake. Uh, somebody said he was driving a, a Mercedes Benz, which is like if you're driving a Benz, you're probably – you know, you're probably not trying to use counterfeit money. like So there's a lot. There's all these rumors popping up now that I'm not sure about. But, yeah, the $20 bill, there's no reason in the first place. I don't even think you had a reason to arrest him, honestly. I don't know what the law is for a 20. I've seen some police say that they wouldn't arrest you. They would probably take the money and um, make you write your name down, and they probably come back to you later if they find out it was fake. But that was all unnecessary. And then Chappelle, he pretty much the he started off the special talking about how everybody wanted him to speak. And he wasn't going to speak because he, there was nothing he needed to say. The streets were already speaking. And then that's kind of how he ended it, saying the same thing. Like, who gives a F what celebrities have to say right now? Like, it doesn't matter what a celebrity thinks. We all saw the same thing. We don't need a celebrity to tell us what we saw. We don't need a celebrity to tell us it was bad. And I agreed with him on that. I don't think celebrities should have been, like, pushed to the forefront. Like, it's nice to hear from them, but we all saw it. We all spoke. We spoke with the protests. We spoke with the riots, the looting, all of that. All that was people showing their their emotions. So, yeah, I didn't agree. I didn't agree. Oh, I agree with him that he didn't need to speak on that. And that was pretty much the whole th- the whole special. I still encourage you guys to, to watch it. It's only 27 minutes long. Looks like he did it in a out in the like a field somewhere where they put a stage up and had audience. Like it was a cool setup, but like I said, it's just not it's not a comedy. It's it's more serious. So just prepare yourself for some serious conversations, some serious talks. Um, New York City. We just spoke about Staten Island. I saw something that was interesting the other day. So in the fiscal year 2018. Apparently, New York City spent $230 million paying out, uh, paying out the families of people or the victims of people who are wrongfully done by police brutality. Now, that $230 million did not come from the police department. That was taxpayer money. That was taxpayer money, and I'm pretty sure that's like that in every city, every state. When the police have to pay for their mistakes, it's our money. It's the money we pay them. We already pay their salaries with taxes. So now when they mess up, we pay for their mistakes too. And I think that's probably one of the reasons when people say defund the police, I agree with it. Because they're getting money for a lot of stuff that they don't need to be getting money for a lot of ridiculous things. Like You guys are beating people down and we're paying your $100 million settlement or your $50 million settlement. And we shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be doing that. Police should be held accountable. The money, we already, I already say, take some money out of the police department, spread it into the community, 
we're probably still going to have to pay the salaries because that's just how it works. But we should not have to pay for when they do bad. I, I believe if they had to pay when they made these type of mistakes, we would have less mistakes. We would have less police brutality, less killings of unarmed black men. If they knew that not only jail time, but that this money was coming out of their pensions and things like that, they would not be acting the way they act. I promise you that. Moving on. NASCAR has been in the news a lot lately. So NASCAR came out, because I told you, like, with Starbucks, when the Black Lives Matter thing happened, like, not Black Lives, when the George Floyd situation happened, all these companies started coming out, and they started telling us how they feel about black people and that they, like, were down with us and all this. So NASCAR comes out, and they come out pretty strong, especially for NASCAR. I don't know if you guys are aware of NASCAR, but we usually used to think that they were a little racist because they you would go to a NASCAR, you would see the NASCAR race, and they would have the Confederate flag flying out there. And there wasn't many black people at NASCAR races, so we always kind of shied away, shied away from them. So they released this uh, video. I'm going to play it for you real quick. It was on Facebook. Dale Earnhardt Jr. posted this, and it's a whole bunch of drivers talking about how they feel about what's going on in the world. So I'll let you listen. We're no strangers to moving fast. And we know how life can have that same quality. But now? But now? But now is the time to slow down and reflect. The events of recent weeks highlighted the work we still need to do as a nation to condemn racial inequality and racism. The deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and countless others in the black community are heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Are heartbreaking and can no longer be ignored. Process begins with us listening. Us listening. And learning. Because understanding the problem is the first step in fixing it. We are committed to listening with empathy and with an open heart to better educate ourselves. We will use this education to advocate for change in our nation, our communities, and most importantly, in our own homes. Even after the headlines go away. All of our voices, they make a difference. No matter how big or how small. It is all of our responsibility to no longer be silent. To no longer be silent. We just can't stay silent. We have a long road ahead of us. But let's commit to make that journey together. 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 Our differences should not divide us. It is our love for all mankind that will unite us as we work together to make real change. To make real change. As we work together to make real change. All right, so that was NASCAR's statement about what's going on in the world. So when Dale Earnhardt, let me just say this, when Dale Earnhardt Jr. posted it, he put the hashtag Black Lives Matter on there. Now, you notice on the video, none of them said anything about that part. I still think a lot of these people, a lot of these companies, a little scared to to say the Black Lives Matter. I don't know why everybody acts like saying Black Lives Matter is such a tough thing. Like I said on Facebook the other day, uh, you ask somebody to say Black Lives Matter, and they, they act like you asking for their firstborn. They act like you want their child. They are not saying it under any circumstance. And I got a little bit from, that's kind of what I got from watching the video, but I do commend them for, for even speaking out because for NASCAR, we don't expect we don't. There's probably two places we don't expect to speak out in sports. That's NASCAR and that's NHL. Both of those could stay silent and we would be like, yep, 
that's pretty much how y'all are. We're not surprised. So the fact that both had said something, I'll give them that. They they probably could have went a little harder, but they said something. And then with NASCAR's case, they went a step further. They be, uh, banned the Confederate flag too. But I will let me before I get to that. Let me just point out: if you watch the video of what I played, it does look like they're all reading off a piece of paper. So I don't know how genuine it was or how heartfelt. But Bubba Wallace is in there at the end. Shout out to Bubba Wallace. Give him give him a applause. Shout out to Bubba Wallace because he's the like lone black person in NASCAR. There might be a couple others, but he's been at the forefront of like this whole movement with them. He's been enforcing the Black Lives Matter and all that. He was wearing a Black Lives. No, he wore an I Can't Breathe t-shirt last week at one of the races while they were playing the national anthem. And then he had uh he had the American flag as his mask. But he did have the Black Lives Matter. So I give him that. Uh, he didn't take a knee. Somebody else took a knee. One of the pit crew guys took a knee. So salute to him, too. <laughs> salute to him. And, yeah, after that, NASCAR banned the Confederate flag because they realized, you know, we've been letting these races get, a, get away with a lot for too long. So now you can't bring a Confederate flag to any of their races or their properties which is a big deal because, like I said, you go to them NASCAR races, even if you're just going to tailgate, usually you would see that flag out. So I guess the question I'm asking now is, is NASCAR really down for the cause? I'm not sure. My answer is I'm still going to take a wait-and-see approach with NASCAR. Um, they look like they're trying to be genuine, but I don't know if they really are. Like I said, the, the race is... The race car drivers were reading off of a piece of paper that whole time it looked like. Um, Dale Earnhardt Jr., though, salute to him. He, like I said, he put Black Lives Matter hashtag on a Facebook post. I was so scared to even read the comments because it's NASCAR, and I'm like, I don't even want to deal with these comments. So I avoided it. I already go through, like, um, my Facebook. I argue with people all the time because we have this Titusville page, and I'm always re-arguing with people in the comments on there. I think I'm taking a break this week, man. I think this is it. I believe this. I got to I got to get off because it's just not good for me right now. I'm going to bed late. I'm arguing all day. I'm not getting out and doing much I, like today. After I record this podcast, I'm going to go play basketball and probably go to like Sam's Club. like do a little shopping, but I'm going to get out the house a little bit. Just because I have to do something, man. I have to be active. Like, I'm the type that feeds off of being outside the house. Like, I'm more upbeat when I'm out. But when I'm home, I'm just laid back. I'm chill. I'm not doing much. I'm boring. Like, when people come over to hang out with me here, I'm sure they think I'm boring. Because all I do is sit on my couch and watch TV. It is not fun. Like, when I'm at my little birthday party, that's a fun event. But other than that, you come to my house... And you think you're getting a regular Jared Lawrence day? Uh-uh. I'm so laid back at my house. You're going to ask me what's wrong. And I'm like, nah, I'm just chilling, bro. This is what I do every day. Um, yes. I want to also speak about when it comes to, like, racism and, conf and confronting it. I want to talk about uh, my white friends. And I want to talk about white people in general. So if there's any white people listening to this right now, I want y'all to ask yourselves, like, what do you guys do? Do you confront racism when you see it with your family and friends? I had this conversation with one of my friends yesterday. 
and I've also been saying it like on Facebook and stuff. My whole point is when when you see somebody being racist, if you're white and it's a family member or a friend, I believe now it, more than ever, it's your obligation to check them on that. It's your obligation to call them out, tell them they're wrong, maybe explain some stuff to them, try to use it as a teaching moment, but definitely you need to speak out on it because a lot of people are getting away with being racist in front of y'all and you guys aren't saying anything about it. Now, when I see it, I always say something, whether it's a white person, a black person. Like if I see somebody being unfair, I speak up. But when it's a black issue, I'm, I'm a little bit more passionate about it just because I know how people we've been treated. So I always take a little, I pay more attention to that one. And I want to encourage all of my white friends to speak up. If you see your family or friends being racist, I'm 99% sure you've all had instances where it's happened, where somebody's let an end bomb drop in front of you or one of your friends or family says something about black people. Maybe you even have parents that have told you in the past that you can't date a black person. That's all stuff you need to speak out on. Like if you think you can't bring somebody home to your parents because of the color of their skin, something's wrong there. Y'all, y'all know it. I know it. And we need to start changing that. These parents will listen to you. We're all adults now. So it's like if you if you tell them they're wrong and you're willing to like walk away over that, they'll listen. They'll listen. Now, there might be a few racist ones that will let you walk away. But I think for the most part, most parents want their kids in their lives. So if they see it's hurting you that much, they'll probably listen to you. Uh, did you guys see the NFL? NFL recently... They apologized. Roger Goodell apologized to, uh, for how the NFL handled the protest in the past when Colin Kaepernick was protesting. What, what's interesting about that is Roger Goodell apologized. The owners didn't really come out and apologize. It was pretty much Goodell speaking for the NFL. Now, we've had one owner named Jerry Jones who's been very silent on all this. The Dallas Cowboys owner hasn't said much and a lot of people right now are wanting to see what is going to happen when the season starts back up. Will people uh, continue to kneel or will people start kneeling again for the national anthem? Oh, before I get before I forget too, let me correct something from two podcasts ago. The officer who posted bail in the George Floyd case, that was the rookie officer. It wasn't the black guy. I got that wrong. I wanted to correct that. I meant to do it at the beginning of the show, but I went off on a tangent. So I just want to correct that the one who posted bail was the rookie one. That was the one they claimed said to he told them to take his knee off of him, and he was scared to speak out too much. So, hey, y'all do it what you want. I'm just letting you know that's what the, what the story is. But back to the NFL, um, the question that I have is do, – does the NFL owe Colin Kaepernick an apology at this at this moment? Like, seeing everything that's happened since he's been blackballed, seeing how the police brutality has not improved, or not improved, but not changed, it's still going on, and how the police haven't improved on their practices, I believe at this point, this time, they, they need to reach out to Colin Kaepernick and not only apologize to him, you need to at least offer him a job, but if you don't offer him a job and as a quarterback, you need to offer him a job in the front office, not of a team, but of the NFL, 
put him. You know how I said yesterday how uh, Ben and Jerry's had the activism advisor or the I forgot the title, but he was the guy who was in charge of all that. NFL needs to do that with Colin Kaepernick. They need to put him in charge of all the activism type of things, the Black Lives Matter stuff, how they donate money, what they do for programs. That would be a great role for him if he's not on a team. Let him do some help with your budget instead of his budget because right now he's doing the Know Your Rights camp, which I think is a fantastic idea, but he's doing that on his own. So let's put some NFL dollars behind his cause and help him uh, further that cause. And do you think that they should stop playing the national anthem? I've been pondering that question, posing that question to people. My opinion is the NFL needs to be done with the national anthem, not even just the NFL. All sports in general need to get rid of the national anthem. I don't believe that the national, I don't think the national anthem has anything to do with sports. It's not related in any way. All it is is a way for people to show fake patriotism. You got people standing, hands over hearts, charge, used to charge, the NFL used to charge the military to come out there and stand on the field, and then they charged them to do the flyovers. And once the public found out about it, they had to stop, but they were charging them. Over like a span of four years, five years, the NFL charged them $6 million to do all that. So that's when I feel like they're not doing the national anthem, not playing it for the right reasons. And then the history of the national anthem. It's an ugly history. Francis Scott Key, we found out he was racist. We found out he had a third stanza to it that basically was telling him to kill the black people who opposed the, opposed the war. And then my biggest issue with the national anthem is at the end, it's like uh, for the land of the free and the home of the brave. So when that came out, I believe it was like 1814, 1814, 1816, one of those years. Black people didn't get out of slavery until 1865. Shout out to Juneteenth, which is actually coming up. I'm going to talk about that a little later too. But we were still slaves when the NFL had, or not the NFL, when the national anthem first came out. So it's like, that is not for us. It's, it's a song that I don't feel is for us. So why are you playing it for everybody and requiring everybody to act so patriotic when it's the least patriotic song for everybody. Like the way we can change this and I don't think it'll ever happen in our lifetime, but when we get some younger minds in, in the office and people who are a little more progressive, I believe the way you change things is you come up with a new national anthem, something that's more inclusive, something that everybody feels like they're a part of. And you play that and then Maybe people will start standing and people will feel proud and people will feel American. But until you do that, we ain't, we ain't with it, man. Like, I'm not really the type that likes to stand for the anthem ever since I found out all that bad history about it and how we're being treated in this country. The only time I stand is if I'm somewhere where I'm, like, outnumbered and I feel like, all right, it's going to cause more trouble with me sitting, like, Somebody might try to fight me or something. I'm probably standing to avoid conflict. But a lot of times I will do something else. I'll try to like go in late to the game. I'll try to go to the bathroom or something. Like I'm not, I'm trying to get away while it's going on because I just don't. I'm not really into the national anthem anymore. It is what it is, but that's what the history has shown us, man. So I encourage the NFL to do better. Oh, yeah, and also with the anthem. 
Yeah, when they play the anthem, I don't have my hand over my heart either. I'm just if I stand, my my hands are to the sides. I'm not saluting anything. I'm not praising. I'm not doing anything like that. And if you notice, like there's religions like Jehovah's Witness, they don't even they're not supposed to stand for the anthem because they're not supposed to praise anything like that. So there's other people who don't do it. I know when they do the Pledge of Allegiance, I'll stand. I'm not repeating it. I'm not putting my hand over my heart. I'm not doing any of that stuff unless I'm required. Like if I'm working for the government or something, I have to do it, be sworn in or something like that. But I'm not going the extra mile. Me standing is pretty much all you're getting, and that's good. that should be enough for you. I don't want to hear anything else about it. Don't don't yell at me about because remember they got on Gab, Gabby Douglas in the Olympics that year because she stood for the anthem and she didn't have her hand over her heart, and they called her so un-American and all this. And I'm like, bruh. If that was me, that would be the most you would get out of me, me standing. Like, you better take it or leave it. All right? Leave me alone with that. I want to update the Ahmad Arbery case. I haven't talked about it in a while. So there's been an update. They, they arrested the third guy, William Bryan. He's been charged now because they say he was part of it, like aiding and abetting. And I forgot what else the charges were. Something about murder. He's like linked to the murder somehow. Not as the actual murderer, but he's linked with the charge. So he's been charged. They said he was blocking off Arbery, him, and then the other guy, Greg and Travis McMichael. Those are the other two. So they are already in jail, as you know. And it's come out now because now that Brian, William Bryan's arrested, he's snitching. He's telling everything. So he's telling the police that, they, after uh, Travis McMichael shot Ahmaud Arbery, they stood over him and called him the N-word. Yeah, they said Travis McMichael used the racial slur um, at Mc- directed at Ahmaud Arbery as he was dying after after Travis McMichael shot him. And then William Bryan, like I said, he snitched. He told He's telling everything now. Um, his bond hearing is, is set for June 26th, so they'll find out if he's going to do any jail. Well, he's going to do jail, jail time, but they'll find out if uh, he'll be able to bond out. I don't think the McMichaels have a bond right now. I think they're being held with no bond, which they should be. Uh, Brian, yeah, and they also accused William Brian of hitting Ahmaud Arbery with the car and trying to block him from leaving the neighborhood. So he played more of a role than he said in the beginning. He wasn't just filming. He was part of the chase. And it looks like he will have to pay a price for that. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. And then I also want to update you guys on the Breonna Taylor case. So we still have not arrested the officers who've killed her, which is sad. Uh, the police, well, not the police, the, the city over there in Louisville, I guess they thought this was going to be enough, but they have uh, named, they've not named, they have come up with a new law where you can't do a no-knock warrant and they are like just telling us about it and they're bragging and boasting about this new law that they've come up with uh yes it's nice that there's a law i don't understand how some of this stuff was allowed to be done in the first place but it's still not enough those police need to be arrested there's three officers involved need to be arrested. They need to be held responsible for what they did. Hopefully one day we'll get justice for Breonna Taylor. But right now 
they are definitely dragging their feet with this whole case, man. And it's sad to see. I'll come back with more updates as we hear them. Hopefully I'll update you on an arrest at some point with that case, man, because sad. It's sad the way they've, they've treated her. Uh, they shot her eight times and then they left the boyfriend, uh, Kenneth. He had to call the cops. He's the one who had to call police to come back and bring the ambulance and everything. And the other police, once they realized they're at the wrong house, they left it. That, that's one of the saddest stories, man. That just so similar to the, the Ayanna Jones story, who was eight years, seven years old and shot while she was sleeping in her bed because of a raid. I don't, I, I always wonder, like, do they think about what they're going to like, do the police think before they do these raids or they just show up and just start firing and arresting and causing mayhem, man. Cause that could happen to any of us. Like they could come into any of our houses on a raid and we could not know, but they have some type of warrant that they've secured. And that's the type of things that we need to reform. I'm glad they have that new law that will stop them from doing that in the future, but it's still not enough, man. We still need justice. And that's one of the things I said yesterday about black lives matter and why we say it, because we just don't get enough justice in these cases, man. We don't get justice for our people. And that's why we have to keep marching and protesting and doing all these other things. So I've been seeing a lot of racist people too recently on like Facebook and Twitter, and they're all getting outed because they're, they're saying it, they're saying their racist stuff on these platforms and it's getting shared and shared and people are finding out who they are, their names, their jobs, where they live. And a lot of them are ended up getting fired. Uh, the FedEx dude who was being racist, he was doing the fake kneeling thing because that's this new thing that people are doing. Well, I'm going to say white people because I have not seen any black people do this yet. They are doing this thing where they are fake kneeling on somebody's neck trying to act like it didn't do anything. And they're taking pictures and they're like bragging about it. So this FedEx guy did it and they found out where he worked and he got suspended. Actually, no, they ended up firing him. They ended up firing him. But some other people got suspended. But most of the people who have been getting fired from their jobs because these jobs don't want you making it hot for them right now. They don't want to make it hot. They don't want any negative attention. And, you know, Starbucks, I already told you all, Starbucks had to change course after everybody threatened to boycott them. Starbucks thought they was doing something. The boycott, we threatened them. And, then look, they changed. So once, once people see that we will not use our money at their places anymore, they usually will change. But with these people who, who keep outing themselves, I got one simple question is why, why do they want to be on that summer jam screen? Why? Now, for those of you who are not familiar with summer jam and the summer jam screen and the whole story about that, this is another moment in hip hop history. I will give you guys, cause I love talking about hip hop and hip hop history. So in 2001 at summer jam in New York, this was like one of the most legendary summer jams ever. Jay-Z had like the legendary performance where he did Takeover. And this is also the summer jam where Michael Jackson was there. And Jay-Z brought Michael Jackson out to, uh, to perform. I don't know if he actually performed or if he just came out and waved. He might just wave. I don't know if Mike was, Mike was doing it. I don't know if they had Mike money. But Mike was there and he was like a guest at Jay-Z. It was just a wild summer jam. 
But you know, this is the legendary story where Jay Z does takeover the song takeover, and he's going at Mob Deep and Nas. But the the uh, the, the Summer Jam one didn't have the Nas verse in it, so this was strictly at Mob Deep. So he's going at Mob Deep, and then he has this the infamous line, no pun intended. If you're a hip hop head, you'll get that right there. But he has that line where he's like talking about Prodigy, and he was like. You was a ballerina. We, I got the pictures. I seen you. And then they put a picture of the screen of Prodigy when he was like a little kid in this dance class. And it was like pretty much, it wasn't career ending, but it was a big shot. Like it, Prodigy caught a lot of heat for that one, man. So that's where the term being put on the summer jam, summer jam screen comes from. When, when something like that happens and you're put on that screen for everybody to see because Prodigy's picture as a kid in the little whatever he was in, I don't know if it was a tutu or what, but he was put on the screen for everybody to see and it was embarrassing. So basically when we say that you're getting put on the Summer Jam screen, it means that you're getting embarrassed. I recently have started trying to watch movies on Amazon Prime. They have a whole bunch of black history movies on there. So last week, I told myself I was going to watch one movie a night. I only watched one so far. I'm, I'm really bad right now. But I watched the I'm Not Your Negro movie, and it was pretty good. It was pretty good, but they have a whole bunch of other movies on there. So if you guys have Amazon Prime, I would encourage everybody to go on that Black History section. Um, I actually don't have Amazon Prime. I have somebody's password, but it's free. So I go on the Black History section. And there's so many movies you can choose from. So I want y'all to go on there, check it out, and f- try to educate yourselves because there's a lot to learn right now. And there's so much history that we have not been taught, so much that we need to learn that we've never been taught. So this is a moment for everybody to do that. Speaking of history, there is a June, well, Juneteenth. Juneteenth is coming up. I believe it's Friday. I believe it's this next Friday coming up and Juneteenth for those who don't know is like black people's independence day. Juneteenth is the last day of slavery. Like when the slaves were freed, even though some historians will say there were still some slaves in Texas after that, but Juneteenth is the day we recognize it is uh, June 19th, 1865. So that's the day we recognize as our independence day as like black people's independence day. And it's kind of weird because Juneteenth didn't start getting a lot of attention nationally until maybe two or three years ago for some reason. I can say in Florida, we didn't hear anything about it. And I think part of the reason we didn't is because, one, it wasn't taught in schools. And, two, it just wasn't a Florida, like, it wasn't something they they talked about in Florida. Now, I've been hearing from other people in other states like Texas, They said uh, Buffalo, New York, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, like these places, they've had parades for Juneteenth every year. And in Florida, I feel like we don't do anything. It would be pretty dope to have a parade. I want to see if somebody, I'm I'm going to check this week. I'll probably be looking looking out to see if anybody's planning some type of celebration for Juneteenth. Um, I'm probably going to have to work that day because, like I said, I got a new job. So I don't have a lot of wiggle room with my schedule. I got to pretty much do what they tell me. But if there's some type of Juneteenth celebration going on, I might try to go after work or something. I'm going to check it out. 
Actually, no. If I'm off on the weekend, I might have to go to Tallahassee. I'll probably go there for Father's Day. So there's a lot of different things I can do coming up. But yeah, Juneteenth is Black Independence Day. Uh, a lot of people were mad about it. I see it in my little Titusville group page on Facebook where they're like, why don't you celebrate the regular Independence Day? I'm like, bro, we weren't free on that day. We weren't free in the 1700s. So this is like the day for us. You know, 4th of July, I, I enjoy the holiday, but it's not one I get amped for because I don't feel like, kind of like the anthem where I say, I don't feel like it's for me. I don't feel like the the 4th of July is for me. So I, I'm from here on out, Juneteenth is kind of my day. I've been kind of I've been acknowledging it the last few years, but this is the the year I think everybody's really on board with it, especially with everything that's going on in this country. Uh, your boy Donald Trump, your boy J- Trump, or as uh, Mero says, Trumpito, he was wilding out. So Donald Trump was planning to do a rally in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, on June nineteenth. I want y'all to just think about that for a minute. Donald Trump was going to do a rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma on June 19th. So one, June 19th is the independence of the slaves. Two, he was going to do it in Tulsa where we had the Tulsa riots. And that was the 90, this month is the 99th anniversary of that. So he was, he came out. A lot of people thought he did it on purpose, which I do. I believe that. I believe he purposely scheduled that rally on that day to bring his base out and probably try to take away from what we were trying to do. He got called out on it. People were doing all types of things, talking about they were going to buy tickets. People in Florida were talking about buying tickets to the rally and not showing up and making it empty. Um, He finally came out with a statement today, and he said that his black friends reached out to him, and they told him of the importance of Juneteenth and why he should changed the date of his uh, rally. So he moved it to June 20th, which I don't know. I still think he's being a little petty with that. Like he shouldn't even do it in Tulsa that weekend at all, but we gotta, we gotta take what we can get, I guess with, with him right now. So he moved the rally to June 20th. He's acknowledging that Juneteenth is our holiday and he's going to leave it alone. I I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure what made him even think in the first place. That was a good idea, man. I the I don't know. I feel like he's trolling. I feel like Donald Trump is always doing something to make us mad. And that's why I want to vote him out so bad. So bad. But salute to his black friends. And I will say this. I'm going to wrap it up after this. But I will say that is why I always tell people it is important for you to have black friends. All right. That's why I say when I look at my white friends and I'm looking at how many black friends they have or if they have any, it's for things like that. Because without those black friends checking Donald Trump, he wasn't going to listen to us. He wasn't going to listen to us, but he was going to listen to his black friends. So the black friends checking him on that is the reason that that holiday got changed or that the holiday, that the rally got changed. And while we'll be able to have Juneteenth to ourselves and celebrate it with our community. But without black friends, that probably doesn't get done. So if you didn't learn anything from this podcast, take away from it that you need to have more black friends, all right? Especially Candace Owens. We'll get to her at another time, but she's one that I, I'm not even sure if she has black friends. And as a black person, as a black person, you need black friends too. 
I'm never going to tell somebody they're not black. I'm never going to say that. I think that's a disrespectful thing to say. I'm just going to say you need black friends because you might not know everything and you might need black people to teach you some things too. There's a lot of stuff we can learn from each other. So everybody make sure you talk to your black friends, black friends, make sure you're checking your white friends when they're out of pocket and this world will be a better place. I'm going to leave today with some unreleased music again. This is Cameron this time now. And this is Cameron featuring Jewel's long time coming. I don't think I'll get in trouble for this song because this song is old. It came out on the mixtape, but they never fully released it because if you're a Diplomats fan or if you grew up listening to Diplomats, you'll know like I do. Dipset is probably one of the worst groups ever when it comes to clearing samples. They have so many good songs that they could not clear the sample on and they try to redo it and it didn't sound as good. So this song is long time coming and it ended up being com- becoming Lord You Know featuring Jaheem. And that one's okay, but it's not as good as this version. So I'm going to play this one just so you guys can hear some something you've never heard before. And I don't know when I'll be back. I'm going to try to come back tomorrow. Like I said, Mike is going to be here. I don't know if I'll be able to do a podcast early in the morning because he's going to be sleeping and that room is right next to where I record and I don't want to be rude. So we'll play it by ear. This is three episodes in three days. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worn out. Maybe I'll take a break. I still have mad topics that I want to get to, though. So um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, stay tuned. And I'll leave you out with this. All right, Cameron featuring Joel Santana. Long time coming. Okay. Let's do it, y'all. Come on. Uh-huh. Dipset, we here, let's do it now. So you'll be dazzled, but hustling's a hassle. Percocet, Demerol, capsules of Paxil. Cops wanna cuff you, niggas wanna clap you. Bitches might burn you, they running with that clap too. But the monster made it, do it for those incarcerated who had it confiscated. Hate it when they take powder, upstate he takes showers. Baby mom on Greyhound for eight hours. See a man face to face through a glass. On the phone, 10 years he got chasing that cash. Cocaine, he had the game in the smash. Felt like the towels when the planes went on crash. It wasn't 911, but it was 911. Gave him 9 plus 1, dropped the dime one done. I told him get his 9 and run. Turned himself in, I had to find that dumb. That's too long. Nowadays, dog, they raid up in the ballparks. 
Sharks blazer when they cross sharks We raiders of the lost heart I'm like a ball player Shake up and cross narcs They get mad when I lay up in the poor spots More pops, R.I.P. my poor pops Can't see the sunshine like the four tops That's just what I sold though Four tops, four seconds, four rocks Four building, four blocks Shout to the four building, it's like Fort Knox Bullets like free throws though, short shots My antenna's a block to scanners I got blamers, you'll drop your hammers Lawyers to watch lawyers, cameras to watch cameras Niggas to watch bitches, nana to watch grandma In pajamas, I snuck out to watch Santa Now look at killer, you gon' watch Santana It's a shame, cause... 